Good morning. My name is David. I am one of the pastors here. I'm the Worship and Young Adults pastor. Usually I am uh, leading worship um, behind a guitar. And when I do step out from behind the guitar, I tend to be pretty awkward. Um, but here I am again, guitarless. But I, I do trust that God speaks through anyone and everyone. So come, Lord Jesus. <laughs> this Advent, we are talking about peace, the Prince of Peace. We are talking about how in the midst of uh, chaos and the brokenness of our world, um, Jesus comes. The Prince of Peace comes, bringing wholeness and restoration through his kingdom. In university, I studied international development and poverty, etc., uh, focusing on peace and conflict. Uh, around that time, Mike Bennett, our, our Mike Bennett, suggested that I should go to Israel with InterVarsity. Uh, on a side note, um, Mike Bennett has made many such suggestions for my life. Uh, one of which has me standing here in Vancouver at Granville Chapel. Thank you, Mike. Anyway, so I went to Israel, had a great time, learned a bunch. Happy to talk about it anytime. Uh, for the most part, we were learning about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Uh, we had the opportunity to meet with believers on uh, various sides um, of a very complicated um, situation and land. And, and it was so striking. There's so much uh, turmoil, so much anger, so much fear. Uh, on one side, uh, so many of the, the Jewish Israeli people, I, I think at the, at the core, felt like the whole world was against them, constantly living in the shadow of, of the Holocaust. And in more recent years, uh, in living in fear of terrorism. And then I met so many Palestinians. Uh, who had endured so much suffering, uh, much at the hands of Israeli settlers and soldiers. And, and there was this one evening, um, after we had spent the day uh, driving around um, the West Bank and um, hearing stories and, and, and seeing the wall that divides Israel and the, and the West Bank, and I remember just feeling really, really heavy. Um, there was, uh, there, was a, there was a few of us who were feeling this, and, we, and so we went up onto the roof of the hostel we were staying at in, in Ramallah, and, uh, and, and we were, were praying, and, and we could see, uh, this isn't specifically that view, but it is from the roof in Ramallah, uh, but we could see uh, the city of Ramallah, and then in the distance you could see Jerusalem, and as, as we were praying, the, the night sky um, was full of clouds, and you, you, you couldn't see the stars that were beyond. And as, as we were praying, one, one of the girls who was with us uh, said, I, I really feel like all of this pain, all of this chaos, all of this, these stories that we're, that we're hearing, it's kind of like, like the clouds um, that um, skew our vision of things and and even though all we can see is the clouds, we know that there's stars behind them. 
And even though there's all of this chaos and pain, we need to trust that God is still God. And as, as she said that, I just remember the clouds dissipating and we were left looking at the stars. And it was just one of those moments where you just get shivers and you're like, oh, oh wow. And <laughs> we were reminded that even though everything gets so clouded up and bogged down uh, with pain and, and, and just the things of life, that God is still here, that God is still God, and God is still good. And so in, in, our, in our longing that night on that roof, longing for things to be made right somehow, God met us. So, the Prince of Peace. Peace. It's a term we uh, hear often around Christmas time. Uh, we talk lots about peace. Many of us, not, not all of us, have, have warm, fuzzy feelings associated with Christmas. The music, the candles, time with family, peaceful feelings. Uh, and yet, as we approach Christmas, we can be. Uh, I, I am all too aware of the chaos of our world. Paul talked about this last week. We come to this season on the back of a world divided, a world in political turmoil. We come to the season following last week's uh, frantic shopping and consumerism. We come from and in often seasons of exhaustion and stress. And, and it's actually in this, I think, that we can come to understand a little bit more fully what this season of Advent actually is. It's from this place of, of tension that we, that we long for peace. And indeed, that's what this season is. Advent is a season of longing for Jesus. And as we look back in scripture, we step into the longing of ancient Israel, the longing for a savior, for a Messiah who would come free them from oppression, a Messiah who would come set things straight. Paul talked last week about uh, the Prince of Peace and this term, Sar Shalom. Sar, the one who is in charge, bringing shalom, completeness, rest, flourishing, wholeness, the way things ought to be, things made right. As you have come today. Um, what, what are areas in, in your life what, that you long for wholeness, for things to be made right? Let's, let's continue along. So our text for today is in Micah, Micah 4 and 5. A little background on Micah. Uh, Micah was written around the same time as Isaiah and Amos um, in the 8th century BC. This was a time for the two kingdoms of Israel. Uh, it was a time of great economic prosperity. There was a striking absence of international conflict. Uh, there was mutual cooperation between the two kingdoms. And even though there was this prosperity, the prophets of, of that day called Israel out. Uh, because though the land was thriving externally, it was, it was dying inside. 
Both social and religious wrongs were being perpetrated by the people. The wealthy were exploiting the poor. The people of Israel were once again turning to uh, Canaanite religious idolatry. Uh, and so this is written right before their days of peace uh, were about to end with the invasion of Assyria in the early 8th century. And throughout Micah, if, if you were to go through it, uh, you see there's a, there's a pattern of summoning the people to listen, uh, then giving them an oracle of doom to come, and, and then rounding it off with these grand statements of, of hope. So our passages for today are those statements of hope. We, uh, we're going to begin with uh, Micah 4, uh, which is a passage that looks ahead to the, the final days. Uh, and it, it gives us a, a glimpse of a, of a peaceful future where, where shalom is experienced in its entirety, where things are made whole, where there is no more war, and where people are in right relationship with each other and with God. So let's read. Micah 4. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and peoples will stream to it. Now, this phrase, the, the last days, uh, it denotes this idea of an indefinite future. Um, and because it's in the context of, of the Lord's reign, it's it's eschatological in nature. I mean, it, it has to do with the end times, the final days. It's, it's not as specific to that 8th century um, Israel at that, at that time. Um, so this, this passage gives us a glimpse into that kind of final, peaceful future. Many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. Many nations, not, not just Israel, many nations will come. They will come filled with a desire for God, for his word, for life in him as it ought to be. Let's continue. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord. Uh, this Lord, where is it? Word of the Lord. Oh, no. Okay, in some Bibles, it's small capitals, uh, which means that the word used is, is Yahweh. Uh, the word of the Lord, Yahweh, from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and settle disputes um, for strong nations far and wide. He, God, Yahweh, will judge. He will settle disputes. There can be no war when it is Yahweh himself who arbitrates the dispute among the nations and whose authority determines the resolutions to their problems. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. What a picture! The implements of war and death being repurposed for life and cultivation, for peace, for shalom. Shalom is not just the absence of war, but in fact, it's, it's the presence of, of wholeness, the presence of life, 
which comes in the presence of God. And everyone will sit under their own, fi- their own vine and under their own fig tree. Vineyards and fig trees, uh, these the basic elements of the, the diet and economy of the village culture of ancient Israel. And uh, for the ancient Near East, sitting under one's own vine and one's own fig tree, this is an idyllic image, uh, a picture of prosperity, referring to a people who are free, who are free from foreign interference and are able to cultivate the land long term. And no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. How much of the brokenness of our current world stems from fear? Fear of those who are different, fear of change, fear that turns to hate, fear of refugees, of Muslims, of the homeless, fear of losing one's culture, one's well-being, one's health, one's family. And no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. To walk in the name of a God means to live in reliance on the strength of that deity. All the nations may live in reliance on the strength of their gods, their idols. Doesn't that sound a bit like us sometimes? So often we live on reliance on our wealth, our technology, our charisma, our our ability to dictate our, our own future. But we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. But we will walk we will live in reliance on the strength of God. In this glimpse of a peaceful future, those living under the rule of God in his shalom live in reliance on the strength of him, him who is our peace. How much better is that? Relying on the one with all the resources, the one who created you, me, who knows you, and loves and desires for you to know life, life to the full, wholeness, completeness, flourishing, shalom. So from Micah 4, we, we see this picture of, of peace where many nations are filled with a desire for God. God himself is the one in charge. Swords are turned into plowshares. War is exchanged for cultivation and other life-giving things. There is no more fear. People live in reliance on God. We're going to move ahead to Micah 5. And we're going to start in verse 2. We're going to step right over the doom passage and move into a, uh, another hopeful text. One that talks of the promised Messiah, the, the king who will come and rule and bring his shalom and that peaceful future that we just read about. It's it's Jesus. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, 
whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Ephratha. This uh, is the, an ancient name for Bethlehem. It differentiates it from other towns named Bethlehem. It identifies it as, as the town where David was born, that Bethlehem. This uh, expresses the, the expectation for the new David, foreshadows the, the future messianic king who would come from David's line, not, not from Jerusalem. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Effectively, God, Yahweh, will reign over the people through the person of the promised king, through Christ. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Many nations and he will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortresses. So here in Micah 4 and 5, we, we have this glimpse of, of a peaceful future, one that the promised king will bring, one that exists under his rule and reign in the strength and name of Yahweh. His greatness will extend to the ends of the earth, and in it there is no more war. No more fear. People rely on and desire God, and God is in charge. Now, after this was written, uh, the kingdoms of Israel came out of their prosperity. As the Assyrians invaded, and the Babylonian Empire, and the Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, eventually the, the Roman Empire. And between the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, there is about 400 years where Israel doesn't hear from God, where they long to be free from their oppressors, and, and they long for the Messiah who would come and fix things, who would come and make things as they ought to be. And it's into that that Jesus is born. He's born into the midst of that longing. He comes into the midst of the chaos, in the mess of humanity. He comes proclaiming that he is the promised one. He is the one that brings life, life to the full. He comes preaching that the kingdom of God is at hand, the kingdom where, where God reigns, where Yahweh himself arbitrates his peace, where swords are turned into plowshares, where broken relationships are made right, where humanity is brought into the fullness of life that comes from being right with God, right with each other, right with ourselves, and with all of creation. A kingdom where shalom is experienced in its fullness. And that kingdom has begun with, with Jesus. But, but obviously, things aren't right. Things aren't completely as they're supposed to be. We just have to look around. Because we live in this awkward middle tension between Jesus' beginning of that kingdom, between Jesus coming as a, as a baby and, and 
preaching, living, dying, being rose to life again. Between that inauguration of the kingdom and that final day that we just read about, the final day where they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks, that final day uh, that's talked about in that famous Revelation passage, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. So we have that hope in, in that final day when things will be as they ought to be. But we, but we also, we get glimpses here and now. Because Jesus has made it possible to know God, to experience forgiveness and, and wholeness. He sent his spirit who draws us closer to himself, closer to the way things ought to be, closer to shalom. We get, these are glimpses of, of wholeness that we get to live into uh, and, and out from when we serve others when we take time to listen, when we, when we love our neighbors, when we love our enemies, when we make ethical purchasing decisions, when we gather here in worship and turn our eyes and our hearts towards our creator. And yes, we continue to long. We long for things to be made right. And the spirit joins us in our longing. And in fact, he also urges us to participate in God's work, God's restorative work in the world to bring shalom, wholeness, and life to all the broken places all around us. And so we pray and we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Come into our brokenness, our chaos, Bring your kingdom of peace, your kingdom where life is as it is supposed to be. Heal our broken hearts, restore our broken lands, draw us to yourself, the wellspring of all life. Glimpses of a peaceful future. This peaceful future where we will be God's people and God himself will be with us and will be our God, where he will arbitrate justice, where our swords, our spears, our guns are exchanged for plowshares, pruning hooks, and paintbrushes, where there is no more fear. And, and we get a glimpse of, of that future in the teachings of Jesus. And we continue to get glimpses through the active work of his spirit here with us today. One of the, the key memories I, I have from my, my trip to the Middle East uh, was this conference that we got to be a part of. 
Uh, it was a Christian gathering of uh, Israeli Messianic Jews, Jews who believe in Jesus, of uh, Arab Israelis, Palestinians who live within the state of Israel, and, and Palestinians from, from the West Bank, from one of the Palestinian territories. And so I have three, three images that have stuck with me six years ago. The first is a, is a small group of grown adults from different sides of the conflict, people whose family members may have killed each other, people who may have experienced the opposite sides of a gun or of a thrown rock. These grown adults sitting in the grass, teaching each other the children's games they grew up with such as Duck, Duck, Goose, rolling on the ground laughing together. Another, uh, Ian Elliott, uh, some of you may know him uh, from university, uh, an evening where Ian was teaching line dancing, which everyone thought was hilarious. And, and I remember looking over and seeing a Jewish woman and a Palestinian man, arm in arm, dancing together with, or square dancing, uh, dancing together with ridiculous grins on their faces. And finally, a, a chapel service, uh, a room full of people worshiping in three languages, in English, in Hebrew, and Arabic, voices together, arms raised, hearts in worship towards Christ. These are, these are glimpses of a, of a peaceful future where Jesus is king, where weapons are laid down, where restoration is experienced, and his kingdom is indeed breaking in all around us. If only we might have eyes to see it, ears to hear his voice, and the resolve to respond and step in. We long for things to be made right. But we, we have a deep hope in a peace that we have secured for our future and that is breaking in right now. And in light of that hope, we are called to and we get to participate in God's active work in creation. We get to participate by mending broken relationships, by loving our neighbors, by loving our enemies, by inviting the lonely into family. We get to participate as agents of his kingdom, as agents of his peace, his shalom, using our God-given, God-imbued creativity to turn our swords into plowshares, to lay down our instruments of, of death and instead make something truly beautiful. I asked at the beginning, where do you long for wholeness? And I invite you to turn that also into a prayer. What, 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 is, what is your prayer to God in light of that longing? Because he joins us in our longing. the second question, and a third. How have you seen glimpses of God's kingdom at work in your life?
glimpses of shalom, things as they ought to be. You might have recognized it or not. I encourage you to hang on to those things. Because as I I said at at the beginning with my story of the clouds, uh, sometimes it's so hard to see beyond the chaos and the pain and the anxiety and the depression. But we need to remember that even when we don't feel it or see it, that God is still there and that God is still good and there is still hope and that he is at work. And finally, where is God inviting you to participate in his active work of bringing shalom into the chaos and pain of your world specifically? And and will you respond? So I'm going to invite the worship team up now. And... As we continue, I'm also going to invite the, the prayer ministry team up. And if there's anything you would like prayer for, any, anything, these, these are wonderful people who want to pray for you. If things are held in confidence, and um, right now also particularly, if, if you feel the poke of, of the Spirit calling you closer to him, calling you to action, uh, if something that's uncomfortable in that, I encourage you to press in, get, get prayer, listen, and respond. So I'm going to invite you to stand, and I'll, and I'll pray for us. Lord, give us eyes to see your glory. Give us ears to hear your voice, your call. Would you show us glimpses of your shalom, of things made whole? And Lord, would you use us as instruments of peace in our world in light of the great hope that we have for that final day when things finally will be as they ought to be, whole and complete. Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, we know you are here with us. Help us to be aware. Come and have your way, we pray.